My name is Sudhanshu and welcome to the Swadeshi Videshi podcast where we try to find out more about India and explore more about Indians through an insider and outsider's perspective. You know what I love doing when I'm in India? It's not just eating food, it's actually ordering the food that I'm going to eat. And I know that sounds weird. But I just think that the process of ordering food in India has become so quirky and interesting. You know, I, uh, because of uh, my phone and or the internet, I can order a paneer dish that I can barely pronounce from a 150-year-old tabba in the middle of Chandni Chok, and it can be delivered piping hot in a matter of half an hour, 45 minutes to my house. And I just think that the fact that I can tell when it's being baked, when it's being packaged, um, I can, you know, there's quirky things that uh, Indian deliveries do, uh, applications do, where you can tell the driver's name, you can tell uh, what village they're from or what city they're from, think fact about them or the car or motorcycle they're on. So it's trying to make that process a bit more interesting. um, And I would even argue a little bit more intimate. I think that this is a larger testimony to where technology is headed when it comes to our daily lives, a daily life of an Indian. And I think the increase of penetration will obviously go to sections of society that right now aren't really immersed with technology. And once that does that, I think there is a huge opportunity to increase the way that we as society function and work with our government and in general broader our electoral democracy and you see that taking place and i know these are buzzwords but GovTech and civic tech there are uh, make sure and increase the impact of what it has on the citizen or the voter again 900 million voters in india um, and how do you really control this how do you make sure that elections are free and fair that voters are conveniently being able to vote and raise awareness. All this, I believe, can be done through technology. And I'm really excited uh, for you all to hear this week's episode with a super special guest. Tune in. Welcome to another episode of Sodeshi Videshi. And this week's episode, my guest is Dr. Kushal Patak. He's the Chief Information Security Officer and Director of Information Technology at the Election Commission of India. In this role, uh, he, among many other things, he manages 910 million electors database to provide uniform voter services, including form processing to value-added voter services. In this flagship role, he's done many things, but introduced things including voter verification and information programs, C-Vigil, voter helpline, 1950 and Voter Helpline mobile app. I'll go into all these things uh, in detail in our conversations, but Dr. Patek, it's uh, truly an honor uh, to have you on the show today. Dr. Patek, I want to kind of start from the the basics and I want to kind of understand when did exactly the Election Commission of India, which, you know, is in charge of conducting uh, India's elections, start focusing on, on IT, on tech? Yeah, so Election Commission in India, Election Commission has always been engaged uh, with the management of the gigantic task of conducting elections in India, uh, managing the electorate of 91 crores and above now. 
uh, requires uh, that the IT system should be in place to manage each bit of it, starting from the registration to the results. So uh, from the beginning of 1980s onwards, the Election Commission has been focusing on the available technologies. And it was only during the recent time that the Election Commission finally decided to give a big push on the IT so that uh, everything which has been in a piecemeal manner could be brought in together and provide a more meaningful interaction with the voters as well. Okay, so you know, you talk about 1980s, the position that you're in right now, subsequently the positions underneath you focusing on this IT perspective, did they always exist or was this recently created? So, uh, India, as you know, that we have 36, 37 UTs and the states, and uh, as generally is the case in the United States, it's not the case in the, in the election in India. However, the ID system used to be managed at the level of state earlier. So they had their local application, local initiative being taken. So therefore, though there was no single application which can ensure that the elections are being conducted online. Secondly, the biggest problem was that India generally used to have a huge number of migration cases. So people will migrate from one place to the other, one state to the other, one city to the other, even change their houses from one place to the other. And this resulted in a huge amount of problems because a voter from one place, if he migrates to the other place, obviously because the database is managed at the state level, used to be managed at the state level, there was no coherence. And in course of time, people used to have a lot of problem in cutting their name in the previous locations, getting their name re-enrolled in the new locations. <clears throat> so this push of an IT to make sure that there is a seamless a migration of the voters from one place to the other. Uh, there is a seamless facility across all the states in the UT is the one which we started giving a push when we started this project in late 2016. Then in, in terms of that, so what from what I'm understanding, in a local regional state context, there were different uh, measures being taken, but then uh, your position and, and quite recently, this was centralized, um, obviously for efficiency's sake. That's exactly now, so. <clears throat> <clears throat> one area I would like to highlight here is one is about the voter registration. Selection Commission of India's mandate is to do two important things. One is to make sure the voters are registered as part of electoral registration process. And they all have the voter ID card so that they can vote easily. And the second most important portion of the election process is the conduct of elections. Now, these two areas uh, were tried locally and <clears throat> especially in terms of registration. But the nascent area remained about the conduct of elections. That's the main core area. And this is a very short period. If you see the elections, once they are announced, it's a generally a preparatory phase for three to four months and the elections are conducted. Now, at that point of time, if you see the whole huge election machinery gets galvanized, of all the officials consisting from polling staff to the district election officers, the chief electoral officers, and they all come under the command of election commission. Now, managing the huge people who are doing the election process, as well as keeping the citizens engaged, political parties, candidates engaged, this has been the core activity which the commission decided that it should go digital. It should get um, online system so that it is more useful, uh, starting from all the stakeholders like voters, electoral staff. The so, 
this brings me to a question. Um, in recent years, there's been, and especially you know after 2014, uh, a lot of commentators who you know used to look at the election, the general election as well as state elections, have commented that instead of the great Indian election tamasha, it's now just the Indian election. Uh, meaning, in other words, that they've been able to curb, and they, I mean, the election commission has been able to curb uh, the expenditure. Uh, that was used and, and misused during elections, um, you know, put put a cap onto uh, posters, uh, election, uh, you know, uh, publications that are put out, and just the overall, I guess, the tamasha of an election, whether it comes under the forms of rallies, jaloos, uh, you know, marches, etc. Do you think tech has played a huge factor in really controlling that? Yes, so I think you have uh, hit the right chord here. Uh, the Election Commission of India rightly decided that uh, all these types of electoral offenses, which we call, requires mm -hmm. uh, a police team, which just cannot be done by the electoral staffs who are deployed for the duty, because they are not just doing the enforcement of uh, the electoral offenses, but they are also engaged in the regular and the most important work of getting the poll done. Now, this mm -hmm. uh, this dichotomy of the, uh, the polling officials getting only engaged in half of it towards the enforcement requires that we should also engage citizens. And there mm -hmm. came the technologies and the IT application election commission, which just made sure that uh, not just the machinery deployed to enforce the uh, expenditure violation cases, usual model code of conduct violation cases, are not only reported but acted upon by the official, but also by the citizen. You know, I'm going to get to that into a separate question, but I want to clarify um, because a lot of people are sometimes um, a bit doubtful in the concept of technology playing into the electoral democracy per se. Um, you know, you have obviously the criticism of packing, etc. Um, when when you consider that. Um, could we clarify for the listeners that most of the process in terms of, you know, what the election commission does, especially, you know, 2009 post 2014, is it already, you know, digital in terms of how you register, uh, where you go and how you seek to vote, um, finding your polling booth and finding all this information? Uh, I'm assuming that already uh, most of that is digital. Yes, you're right. So... <clears throat> So many of the process in the electoral system was already made digitized some four, five, or maybe seven, eight years before. But they were digitized in terms of they were not meaningfully utilized. Now, during the mm -hmm. recent push of the Election Commission, we have digitalized that same data so that it becomes more meaningful and people are better engaged and we are able to conduct election in more free, fair, and transparent manner. So one portion what you highlighted about the electoral registration process, yes, indeed, it is completely online as of now. Now, when we say completely online, it doesn't mean that the other channels are stopped. It also means that uh, the other channels remains there. That's a physical manner, as usually used to people go. Uh, in the rural areas, in inaccessible areas, where people don't have an access to the internet or to the mobile phones, but this facility of an online system as well as mobile system is now is a strong option for the urban and the mobile communities. And uh, as the penetration is going strong, the learning and understanding of the voters going strong, 
people are shifting more and more towards the online system. Now, mm. I would also like to highlight that recently we conducted a program. It was called as Electoral Verification Program, EVP. Now, <clears throat> this uh, program, which was started in 1st of September 2019, that's after post looks by election of 2019, it ended up to uh, November 2019. In the, la in the last three months, we solicited users' feedback in verifying their own data, in finding out their names, whether the name is present in the electoral roll, whether the names are correct, whether you require any changes in that data, whether you have migrated to a new place, then we also solicited that you please link up your family so that we can do rationalization of polling stations so that um, the whole family moves together as part of the polling station rather than getting it split. Then we also solicited them the feedback on the polling station, how best we can improve mm -hmm. on it, whether it's in the government building and stuff like that. Now, um, out of the 91 crore electorate, we received a feedback from 72 crores and above. So you can see oh, wow. uh, 72 crores database in India, 720 million people verified themselves. And of course, it was facilitated by our booth level officers and the whole election machinery. They were all engaged during these three months time in going house to house of these 70 crores and above database of people were verified by our field staff. They went to the home, they verified their details. If at all, they were not uh, accessible and also listed uh, the persons with disabilities and we marked them so that the better facilities can be provided during the polling site. Now, all these things what we are talking about is sheer impossible to do without the user information technology. Now, mm -hmm. using such technologies, we were able to instantly do the corrections. We provided this facility on the mobile. So we had 30% of the mobile users who, out of the 70 crores, they did it through the mobile phone itself. So now we know for sure the IT has come in the forefront of election process and citizens are looking forward so that election commission can provide better and better services, easy access so that they can, you know, they, if they want to change their names, migrate to some other places and also to get their voter ID cards uh, delivered electronically also. So I think uh, the IT has come a long way now. And uh, yes, of course, uh, the cyber securities and uh, um, the, uh, the other front of uh, transparency and people perception always will be there. And <laughs> as and when more that the technology gets established, strengthened, become more plural, uh, the more people will trust into the system. Now, as you shortly briefly mentioned about the various machines which we are using, if you see, uh, there were time when a particular political party were winning. So obviously the best mm -hmm. target for most of the other parties is to machines. Now, when the the ground is getting even and people are also winning other places, the, the talk about the machines are going down. Sounds fair. Um, there's one point that I want to kind of go back to because I think it's incredibly important. Um, you're talking about somewhat equalizing the playing field when and in easing the process of the voter. Um, but you briefly touched upon the penetration, um, which is an issue, but it's, you know, as we progress, as modernity occurs in our society, we're getting there. But uh, I'm curious, I know that obviously you have the grassroots level um, uh, activities, but also the framework and structure to get access where there is lack of penetration. But my question is, is can the Election Commission of India's uh, IT usage 
go to places where there is a lack of penetration and still help. Uh, I, I'm not sure if that makes sense if I worded that correctly, but I'm curious to know if in areas where, you know, mobile usage and, um, you know, really using the mobile uh, specifically for this purpose, that that uh, penetration isn't ideal. Can we still use IT through the ECI to still help uh, in, in those elections for people um, with that need? Yeah. I, I think it's a very pertinent question and um, that's one specialized area we have been working of bridging the gap. So India, as mm -hmm. you see, is a varied uh, landscape to varied culture to varied way of people interacting. Um, because of this, uh, it gives us a unique position where we can think literally in um, 10 different ways of how best we can provide a service to a particular user. Now, when we say there's a low penetration of mobile phones, there's low penetration of even the internet where they cannot go online to do the uh, registration. Now, what we have done is we have supplemented it by providing a feature to the electorate by way of booth level officer. Now, booth level officer, of mm -hmm. course, when we say he's a physical person, he goes there and gets the form filled up. But here there's a catch. We have got an IT with the booth level officer. All 100% of booth level officers are carrying a mobile application, which is called as BLO app. Now, this BLO app is exactly the replica of what a user himself would have been using as part of voter helpline mobile application to fill up their form. So, BLO goes to the house, gets the data collected from the mobile itself, fill up the form then and there itself upload the documents also by scanning from the mobile application itself and uh, submits the form for registration. So if you see, this is one area we have filled up a gap where there is an outreach program where the BLO goes to the houses and get the form filled up. Now, second area, we in India, we have started what is called as Common Service Center. The government of India itself has started a huge number of common service centers in all the panchayats and at the block level, at the district levels. Now, these uh, common service centers and also other e-governance centers, depending upon various state governments, have also been authorized, uh, given an APIs to connect with our database to submit and collect the forms on our side. So a user, even if they don't have an access themselves, can visit any common service center and also visit the PLO. Now, last bit of it, even if they are not available, especially now we have started the services, which we call it as 1950. Now, 1950 is the year when the election commission was established, and thus we have taken a 1950 as a toll-free number across India. So once you dial 1950, you get connected to their local center. So we have set up around 750 call centers across India. That's a huge number. Now, the call center generally, if you see in any multinational company or any other organization, you generally is four to five, one or two. But for us, it is more than seven call centers. Now, the primary purpose is to make sure that the user, once he is calling, gets connected to his local center so that the local official is aware about the local problems and the best of it that they can talk directly into the local language. So instead of talking in one language, English or Hindi, they are now uh, able to talk in more than 30, 40 languages. So these are the various ways. Now this 1950 system uh, connects to the call center and the call center again gets connected to our electoral roll system, wherein they can also punch in the data directly into the system. 
Now, the field verification, of course, is a major component which the boot level officer invariably does any which way. So once the form is digitized and uh, documented, it goes through the field verification. And the mobile application which is being used by the BLO also is utilized for the verification. And thus completes the whole process and uh, plugs in all the areas across India where the user have inaccessibility. I, you know, it's incredible when, when you're talking about this. Uh, I hear and, and we see a lot about digitizing India and you see a lot of government services that expect, uh, you know, the citizens to actually uh, embrace that technology and then use it, right? There's that gap. And this is the first time that I'm really listening to um, a government service being provided where it's not about embracing the technology. It's really using that technology to embrace those students who are far from it. Um, and making that um, process so efficient, and that's that's brilliant. <laughs> um, but that kind kind of uh, goes into my you know other questions that I that I had. Um, so I was in India in uh, September and October uh, in Haryana, uh, which is my home state, and elections were happening, and I had the uh, pleasure of of seeing the elections take place, but also seeing. Um, they be conducted. And, you know, one story I want to tell is I saw uh, a candidate uh, posting uh, photos or like a big, big poster of himself on a government signage. And I was able to take my phone uh, and I had the C Vigil app, which we'll get into, but download that app and, and, and literally uh, within, uh, it was about a 30, 45 second process took a photo um, of what was happening and sent it to the ECI. And I kid you not, um, it geotagged uh, the location. And I, uh, you know, there was a update given, I think about an hour later, and I went to that site and the poster was taken down. And there was a notification given that if they had conducted the search and if they'd seen if it was proper or not, and I think that's brilliant. So uh, I really would love to talk about, so what is the idea behind C Vigil? And you know, how do you really make this come alive? And, and have you seen success uh, stories that you can really quantify in a way that, I mean, my, you know, that's my personal story that I personally did, but uh, have you seen uh, the C Vigil app working? Well, uh, number one, uh, let me just thank you, first of all, for sharing your own set of story because this is all what we motivates us and make sure that what we have invested as part of the CVGL application is coming through. Uh, let me just start from the beginning about how did it actually came around. Now, CVGL, uh, uh, two years before the uh, elections were, one of the state elections were going on, and uh, one of the candidate, very high-end candidate, one of the political party called up chief election commissioner and told him that um, the other political party is distributing cash. And uh, you must immediately send the police there uh, to nap them so that the elections are fair. So this political candidate uh, called up not just the CEC, but he called up every every officials engaged in the election process. And the whole election machinery got mobilized. They went to the spot. and. Uh, what not happened. Now, later on, it was found out the next day that this this political, high-end political uh, uh, candidate himself was distributing cash. And to dissuade police to come to that location, 
he took a photograph of his own set of people distributing cash and forged it as has been sent by the other political party. Now, this sort of an activity actually creates a lot of problems and this creates an unfair place and people don't trust the system even the election machinery will not trust a system in course of time because if they go to a location based upon this complaint because it was reported to the chief election commission of course everybody got mobilized they went to a place and they didn't find anything whereas later on it was found out this guy who has made a complaint himself was distributing the cash so these sort of uh, cases falsely getting reported cases wrongly reported wrongly assigned was the genesis of the application which we call citizen vigilance that the vigil now the then chief election commissioner asked me to design a software wherein at least a person can report the model code of conduct violation cases conducted by various political parties and the candidates and the agents and it should go directly to the returning officer so that he can take a decisive action now the biggest challenge for us at that point of time was uh, as uh, i just mentioned that how would i ensure that the right case has been captured right place it has been captured and as you see in the recent time people will upload any pictures of any other incident citing that this is an incident or the case has happened real now this uh, caused us to make this civil application with the features it has that's number one feature is the triad of three features which make sure that the cases cited or the cases filed by the citizen has an evidentiary proof and on which the flying squads can take their action now number one feature as you rightly said is about uh, the high gps uh tagging which happens so it opens up the application of yours it opens up the transponder gps transponder in a high accuracy mode and captures your exact location where you are capturing second thing is it doesn't allow you to upload any picture from your gallery so you will have to click a live picture then and there itself which will be geo uh, geo and time stamp now the next important feature is the time variability so you will have to send this case within 5 minutes or else the case will drop and you will have to recreate the situation now creating and soliciting the cases was okay i mean it was not very difficult but the biggest difficulty came and the backend because the election officials when it was told that we are going to launch this so their first apprehension was they will be flooded with plethora of cases which they won't be able to take action now for this the civil then got expanded at the back end so its root got expanded much more than what is coming out from the front so at the back end the first thing what we did was we created a dashboard view a gis dashboard view wherein all the flying squads which are positioned across the election going states are visible to the district officials as and when the case is filed it gets popped up into the dashboard into the gis map and the district election officer within 5 minutes will have to allocate that case to a respected nearby flying squad it's something like a latest mm-hmm. technology which everybody is using say suppose in ula and upper that software technology mm-hmm. we used at the dashboard view now the third component of it which is the most critical is the investigation which happens by the field team so we designed an application called civil investigator which is specifically and exclusively meant for the flying squads 
which are there in the field to investigate the case. So they would receive a case. They will have to accept within 15 minutes or else uh, the action starts happening onto them. And within 15 minutes after that, he will have to go and investigate the case, reach to the spot in half an hour and investigate the case and send a report to the returning officer all through the mobile application. Now, people, the investigator, they sometimes never used to go to the spot. So they will file a case uh, saying things were found false. So again, we use the technology of GPS and we enforce that wherever the case has been filed, the field officer will have to go to that location only within 30 meter range to file that case. So now this and is And it's probably geotagged? Yes. So they ought to go because they can't file a report if they are not on that geofence location. So they mm -hmm. go to that location, they file the case, their location is also uploaded, they will have to upload the photograph. And the enforceability was the main crux of this whole application. Now, either they will have to drop the case, the returning officer, saying that the case was not found. Second is they will have to say that yes, the case was found correct and the action taken then and there itself, like the case with you that the poster was removed and the action was initiated by the flying squad and returning officer decided that the poster has been removed. Now the third important case is about escalation. Now these are the set of cases which election officials, the field staff cannot handle. Something like a, a, a money, a money cash distribution case where the money has been found which is more than 10 lakh rupees. So more than 10 lakh rupees, it has to go to the IT department. Income tax department for further investigation. Now, mm -hmm. people will take recourse of making a case escalated and never resolving it. So, what the IC which will ensure is that even if you have marked the case as escalated, it has to be resolved within 24 hours. So, the matter goes to the IT department and they resolve it, and the action, whatever has been taken, gets reported to the citizen back on his mobile phone. Now, <clears throat> if you see this whole process, this whole process has been enforced especially by the use of 100-minute tag. It means that there is a general enforcement that once the case is filed, within 100 minutes, the status of it, either drop, dispose, or escalate, has to be reported back to the police. Now, this public scrutiny of these cases made sure that the IT itself now is enforcing the ethical standards. IT itself is enforcing participation from the citizens. IT itself is enforcing the enforcement officers not to use a single paper and file a complete case online and keep everything digital. So I think that has really transformed the way uh, how we engaged with the community. Now, it basically assumes uh, that citizens uh, there's a trust-based partnership for conducting proper elections and we conducted surveys also, a uh, small bit of it, where partly it was established that uh, it also increased voter participation. It uh, increased the level of engagement with the voters. They understood what is model code of conduct. What is. I can cite you one of my personal example in the childhood days when the election used to happen. It used to be a normal phenomena when, you know, the political parties come around and sends across the gifts to you. 
so we will actually <laughs> await for that gift to come never mm-hmm. realizing that this is illegal that's not right that's not uh, that's that's against the moral code of conduct violation now when mm-hmm. i had this set of a feeling i am sure many all such electorate do also have similar sort of a feeling in a various uh, lucrative deals which have been provided to them but sea vigil also brought in that ethical standards so that now citizen are also getting aware about what is moral code of conduct violation taking money is not right taking gift is not right now being ferried to a polling station is not correct because this never has happened to us that you know we will ever believe that being ferried by a particular political party to the election place is the wrong thing but now that has come into play so i think uh, for the first time election commission of india uh, in his complete history from when the election started uh, it has already been a domain specific to election commission to conduct the election but for the first time i think the election commission opened up and now started uh, engaging citizen directly in the enforcement and no um i was going to ask the next question but i think you've answered it um yourself and that is you know the push to technology can it equalize not just the uh you know voter participation but really the conduct of elections and i think you've answered that really well that yeah i can uh through all these measures so i want to quickly pivot because uh, i know we do have a lack of time i want to pivot to what really brought me to ask you to come on the show today and that is with the recent jharkhand elections um you have introduced something uh, incredibly revolutionary in in my own uh thinking and that is the uh booth application um that you created and I, you know i want to quickly summarize but for the audience i would i would really want um you to go into uh details in this is uh and if correct me if i'm wrong an application to track real time of the booth at which you can vote see how busy it is um and see you know uh, and get real time data on voting results on what you know who's voting how they're not how they're voting but who exactly is voting and the percentages of those is, is that correct uh yeah partly correct but uh, something mm-hmm. which i would like to just clarify the the basic purpose of booth application is uh, mm-hmm. basically revolutionizing the way the poll is conducted now uh, we have the disadvantage of not every place being connected in a in a naxal affected areas in a remote areas in a mountain area where the connectivity is very poor so we had to build up an application which is very simple to use which is basically what we call it as byod bring your own device so that you are not forced with separate <laughs> devices to do the transactions we just enforces mm-hmm. one set of an application which encrypts your device which encrypts our data and the basic purpose of this application is the easy identification of a voter who is coming to vote now how how does it happen now the, what is a basic problem statement the problem statement was that each election official the polling staff who is sitting there carries a huge bunch of book carrying the details of all the electors their part number their serial number blah 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 now every time a voter comes inside the polling station his card has been looked into and he has to flip on to those hundreds of pages to find his name now the basic purpose is by use of a simple encrypted qr code based technology and what we have done in the mobile is called as an edge technology where the microcomputing is happening all through in the device itself we encrypt and download the complete electors data onto the mobile app 
Now here, whenever a voter presents with a QR coded voter slip, the data is instantly presented by decrypting and matching it with the record which is available from the 91 crore electorate database, which is now compacted for that polling station in terms of uh, the technology which being used in the mobile app. Now, once the user is identified, the voting process become much, much, much faster. Now, you can see that the time spent in the polling station, more than 70% of the time for a voter uh, who spends the time in the polling station is spent on the identification itself. Now, we have taken care of this 70%. So, you can clearly see that now the voting time is 70% less what you generally would have uh, on a normal a manual method. Now, with this core concept, this brings out a huge ancillary benefit automatically. Now, what we have introduced, once the booth level officer stands outside the gate and gives you a, does the scanning through the QR code, and inside the polling official identifies you by using the mobile application. So we calculate by using an artificial intelligence based upon previous election, based upon how the voter generally turn out at what hour, and what is the actual voter turnout between booth and the polling stand. So the, the number of voters who have entered inside the polling station and the number of voters going outside the polling station after identification is a queue. So that queue information is now being presented to a, all the voters even before they have gone to the polling. So they know for sure that, okay, uh, this is a very lean time, so I can go for the vote. So these are the benefits which the citizen occur, apart from having what we have now started, which is called as digital photo voter slip. On your voter helpline mobile application, you simply need to link up your mobile number along with your EPIC card, that is your voter ID card. Once that authentication happens, you are presented with a encrypted QR code based uh, digital photo voter slip, which nowadays without carrying the physical photo voter slip, you can go to the polling station, carrying your mobile phone and show up your application and the polling official will scan it and you can go and vote in there. Now, the benefit which comes to the polling staff is way much higher uh, in comparison to what they have been doing earlier. Now see, we are asking the polling staff to give us two hourly report. Every two hours, what is a voter turnout? Men, women, transgender, and this data gets populated on the central server, and we display by use of a exclusive mobile application, which is called as voter turnout app. Now you can- Does this also have age demographics? No, it as of now to the mm -hmm. public, it doesn't go the age demographic, but the booth app, does give the age demographic voting pattern to the election officials. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. voter as of now gets the information, I mean, any citizen can get information through the voter turnout about male, female, and transgender and the amount of percentage of voting, which is um, a percentage of voting which is happening every two hours. Whereas in the back end, now the booth have will provide what you rightly said, the age demographic pattern. So in a real-time basis, the, each polling station, each assembly, each district, or each state, the demographics has been calculated, um, presented before the returning officer. So they know that, okay, how many 80 plus have voted today, or how many 100 plus have voted today? And you know how the younger age group has voted. Plus we also gave a lot of MIS data, which is now really easily possible because now we know how much time is it taking for any polling 
um, party to do the transaction. So that transaction time is calculated by using an AI so that uh, the official knows that this polling station is performing very well. Secondly, what is the high time when the voting is there? Number of queues there? And thirdly, if there incidents happens, that immediately gets reported back and to the board itself. So people need not get intervened by calling up and finding out and sending out people what, what is the status, whether anything has happened or not. Mm. These are all the ancillary benefits which are being occurring uh, out of this booth. Now, to cover up all the areas of the election process during polling day, the application is also given to presiding officer. So there are four companies actually. Uh, to go in a little bit of details, one is the booth level officer, who just the initial scanning once you enter the polling station. Then you have a polling staff. Now the polling staff is the one who interacts with you number one once you enter inside the polling station. So he scans you the the uh, the QR code again, and uh, of course it also gives the benefit that uh, the duplicate voting in that same polling station cannot happen because it immediately returns that this person has already voted. Now, once this is done, there's a third application, which is meant for presiding officer, who is in charge of a polling station. He is the one who does all bit of back-end operation. That means, starting from once he's going out of the uh, reception center, taking the material, that gets recorded, yes, I have received all the materials. Once he reaches the polling station, his GIS location, his uh, uh, actual location, along with the, the time stamping gets to the server, that yes, he has reached to the polling station safely. Because in India, some locations, there are difficult areas, mountain areas, they were putting party, reaching itself is a big deal for us. So we get to know on a real-time basis where they are and have the reach to the right location. Now, the third thing is the poll start time. Now, once the poll starts, we have to conduct a mock poll and clean up the slips and all these gets recorded on part of the system itself. Now, once the polls start, that gets recorded, okay, we have uh, these many polling stations whose polling has started, somebody has left, so that can be monitored directly from the dashboard from inside. And then comes the poll and details. Now, poll and details has to be done by a presiding officer, by filling up the presiding officer dial. So it has a lot of columns and then absentee voters, rejected, boxy voters, all those eratas have to be recorded. Any incidences which happens in between, like, uh, uh, you know, rights happen, a poll was disrupted, also gets recorded and just simply need to fund. They can directly call to their polling staff. They can call up their sector magistrate, their election officer. They need not carry a separate uh, mobile contact directory to contact their official. So they call up those persons directly in-app. And that gets recorded as part of the system. Any point of time, the mobile application gets disconnected from the system. The alerts come to all the uh, officials interesting it, interested with it. So they, they can take a timely action and intervene why the disconnection has happened. And what we are using a technology is if the connection is strong, so we send the data back to the server by using 4G. If not 4G, then 3G and 2G. And even if the net is not there, we use the long code SMS technology. So every time mm -hmm. a transaction is conducted, uh, those transactions get recorded back to the server by any method, whatever is available. Now, in a severest of case where even the phone connection is not available, where the SMS cannot be sent, then also the polling staff need not worry about it because the data gets reflected on the mobile app. So they know how much voting has happened. 
so they can simply take out the wireless system and communicate to the headquarters that at least this is the bare minimum information i have at the port mm. now this uh, whole process is augmented by the force level of the application nodes or the sector magistrates these are the one who are entrusted with the job of uh, moving around carrying the reserve evm machines where and when the machine if at all gets disturbed or malfunction now these uh, officials also are in charge of 10 to 15 polling stations so from their application they are able to see the real time turnout you can see where the disconnections are happening where the polling is faster polling is slower where the intervention is required where any incidents has happened and also because they are carrying the reserve evm machines they have all the numbers in the mobile application so they go and exchange those machines and get digitized so uh, if there is a set of allegation this also updates that wherein uh, the same machines have been transmitted no other machines have been replaced this all information gets captured from this data so if you see it has um, you know plethora of uh, ancillary benefits cropping out when i asked that question i didn't expect <laughs> so much uh, of just benefits there <laughs> so i truly did a disservice um i really want to you know briefly touch upon this because we are running out of time so from my understanding you conducted test uh, uh, a test of this in the jharkhand elections um a how did those results come out were they successful uh truly changing the system and second is i've heard that you plan to use this in the delhi assembly elections that are upcoming um presumably in in february and march um is is that in the cards as well uh uh yes in jharkhand number 1 as you said that we indeed got a huge feedback uh, uh because jharkhand has a difficult areas also so the application which was itself very robust also got strengthened with the experiences of uh, the voters there in jharkhand so primarily in jharkhand we started we did it in 10 assembly constituencies full all 10 assembly constituencies conducted 100% out of it uh we did had few bit of suggestions which were popping out they say that you know where the queue information is getting longer sometimes the data is not getting transacted at the inner level but the plo is doing the transaction so there little bit of tweaking is required so we take that bit of it so it was highly successful all over pilots which we conducted starting from uttar pradesh then we did it in uh, punjab we did it in bihar samastipur we did it in pune in all the three locations uh, we did in the second phase which was also very successful and the last bit of it is was basically a pre launch activity which we did in jharkhand and yes uh, it is going to be 100% launched in all the polling stations across delhi and all the polling stations will have the data and i'm assuming you're uh, training uh, the booth agents and anyone that's that's involved in this process um i'm assuming a lot of hours going to the training itself of this app you are right so the biggest problem with the booth application what we realized is the official acceptance of this of technology uh, they just don't know that how simple it could be uh, before mm-hmm. they start up and giving them only a technical knowledge is generally not on the card because um, that uh, that that fear of using technology is not elevated so i personally go to these locations and i have planned up in delhi that all the booth level officers and the presiding officers and the polling officials i personally will be giving training 
the first batch of training it's actually starting from monday itself even before the elections are announced we are preparing our team and officials so that they are ready to use it because we are showing them the videos of um, the polling officials the field officials uh, who had conducted who had used booth app and the success story they have to tell uh, so generally the success mm-hmm. story only comes after once they have conducted the poll so right. these are the methods we are adopting and it's going to be a huge exercise for us uh, primarily for a change management because they have always been into that paper and pen mode Uh, especially mm-hmm. for the election so this time they will have to be taught so we are fully geared for that and so not only are you equalizing elections in india you're also making the push to go green and save the environment uh so another yeah. badge for the election commission <laughs> um now yeah. i just want to ask uh what do you think uh, the future holds for you know technology and in india's electoral system um could we see mobile voting happening uh through the blockchain um is soon enough and and really how secure could that be yeah so uh, see election process is generally transient and episodic to a specific place but in that short time there's a huge galvanization of officials who put on election duty across the place and during the lok sabha the whole country is covered almost all the administrative machinery comes under the direct control of election commission of india on one hand is thus the challenge of administering and establishing a communication channel of poll officials uh, with the election commission of india and the others to meaningfully engage voters and of course in between are the challenges of making sure the elections are free fair and transparent uh, because of this unique condition there is an absolute requirement of an it uh, but which is accessible accessible provide mobility and of course is cost effective and lastly which is reusable now mobile technology provides that seamless bridge between the election it system and the human so we are able to jam pack relevant data and target specific stakeholders uh, by the use of simple mobile application uh, now coming to uh, what actually it holds to for the future in election system yes the election commission has come a long way in establishing credible and a long term information technology platform for holding elections Uh, it has established a benchmark for other election management bodies to follow actually and the technology starts mm-hmm. right from the voter registration contesting candidates to display of results in online real time basis now this uh, eci has started a one way electronically transmitted postal ballot system for service voters and has seen actually much success now this particular technology ensure that the postal ballots uh, electronically are transmitted directly to the service voter by using various encryption and the keys and pins the service voter downloads the ballot paper and then the process of sending back the data is of course manually but uh, with the emerging technologies like blockchain which actually establishes and strengthens the electoral trust system uh, eci will be doing research in collaboration with the intelligentsia uh, to create a model and a prototype for safe and secure actually e-voting um if you're working with uh you know service officials do you think that nris could also um have that provision to vote yes E-vote? of course that's what it is all about so um, okay. the number one thing see actually the, it is already available so in the election high commission of all the countries uh, all those service voters or all those nri voters who are registered as electors 
they can of course go and vote and it comes back. However, as you can rightly see that because of it being a manual process, it does take a lot of time. So mm-hmm. I think the evolution of e-voting system perhaps uh, has a best application for those residing outside. Okay, perfect. And I look forward to that. Uh, to conclude things, I want to ask, um, out of the seven apps that I have counted that the Election Commission of India uses, uh, what is you know Dr. Patak's favorite application to use? <laughs> well, actually, you see, um, my favorite application to start with is the one which covers everything. Uh, that application is called as Incoopera, as you may not even be aware about it. That's the back end of everything. So it covers uh, up. Either so you're cheating right now. <laughs> what about <laughs> what about Dr. Patek the voter? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, um, uh, we uh, we just won two awards for the Stevie Vigil as well as Voter Helpline app. So if you ask me, indeed, uh, Voter Helpline app will be my first and the favorite. Fantastic. Now, Dr. Partik, for the listeners that are um, tuning in from all across the world, I just want to quickly tell them that not only can you now obviously look at um, the candidates uh, that are contesting uh, your voter registration, but the Election Commission of India has also turned out apps like the PWD app, uh, which is for persons with disability to make that easier. And they've also helped candidates themselves, so not just voters. But candidates themselves have access to nomination paperwork, which, by the way, I recently found out that you can apply digitally. So we're saving paper there as well and making that a seamless process. Dr. Bartek, it was uh, wonderful speaking to you. And you know what I really want? I hope that many of the listeners that are listening to this episode and podcast, but um, are the engineers and the computer scientists that are out there, instead of uh, going to the private sector, going to these tech companies, I hope that uh, they can apply to the Election Commission of India and, and uh, work on making our electoral democracy uh, faster, stronger, more efficient and secure uh, with the work that you're doing, sir. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. And we are really open for uh, uh, the disruptive technology, the bleeding edge technology we are open to incorporate because we already did the cutting edge. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening in to this episode of Sudeshi Videshi. If you have any comments, feedback, suggestions, concerns, or just want to send some love, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Sudanshu Kaushik or Twitter at Sudhi Kaushik. We'll be back soon with another episode where we try to find out more about India and Indians through an insider and outsider's perspective. <laughs>